Brothers and sisters, open your Bibles with me one final time to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. I could wish that we could go through and finish the rest of this chapter. I don't know if you all are aware of this, but this is, uh, I believe, unless something happens, my final time exhorting with you all. And it has been my joy to go over and to study God's Word with you. And this is a fitting passage that we study. John 17, we will read once more from verse 6 through 19. And we'll study and focus in on verse 17 through 19. Reading from verse 6 through 19, studying verse 17 through 19. Hear the word of the Lord. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth, your word. Is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Thus far, God's holy and perfect word. Brothers and sisters, let's go before the Lord our God in prayer. Lord, we come before you this evening with this word on sanctification. We pray that you would open our hearts to understand and to receive and to apply this word diligently to seek out sanctification, earnestly and with joy, knowing that it is through Jesus Christ that we are sanctified by his work through the Holy Spirit from the Father. Lord, I pray that you would give me wisdom and strength to preach, or to rather to bring your word to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 
congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, as many of you perhaps know, I love to make bread. There is something so satisfying about getting your hands in the dough and, and, and kneading it out and producing some, something to give to people, something that they can enjoy. But as you are probably aware, bread, just like any other recipe, has a process to it. I don't just go into the kitchen when I'm making bread and, and throw together whatever other random ingredients I want. Well, no. There, there is a specific set of ingredients. Flour, water, salt, and yeast. And you can add some other bits, but, but that is the main uh, recipe for bread. And there are certain instructions that somebody making bread has to go through and has to follow. Having mixed the ingredients in the right proportions, I have to knead the dough correctly. I have to uh, let it sit and rise the right amount of time. I have to punch it down eventually to, to uh, cut it into portions and to form the loaves and to cook it the right amount of time. And if one of those goes completely wrong, well then the bread is not going to come out right. There is a process involved. To making bread. In the same way, congregation, when we are born anew in Jesus Christ, there is a process involved as we grow. We do not go from baby Christians to fully mature Christians in the blink of an eye. It's not just do whatever and see what sticks. Well, no, there, there is a process here. In the moment that we are saved, certainly we are made fit for heaven by Christ's blood. But nonetheless, brothers and sisters, it is by this distinct process of sanctification that we are made prepared for heaven. It is by these ingredients to sanctification, we might say, that we are made ready to be with the people of God in heaven and to be with Jesus Christ. It is by this distinct process that God draws us to be more like him. How is it that God sanctifies us? What is this process? What is the work of sanctification look like in the believer? Well, our passage before us this evening, friends, speaks to this sanctification. As Jesus was leaving behind, at least physically, his disciples for a time, he sought their sanctification. Our passage speaks to it in three ways. First, by the word. Second, for the world. And third, through the Son. We begin by seeing that sanctification comes to us by the word. By the word. Look with me at verse 17. Jesus says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Here we are given Jesus' third petition regarding his disciples. Last week we saw that Jesus asked his father 
to keep his disciples. In uh, verse 9 through 11 and 11 through 13. And then we saw this morning the second petition that Jesus had for his disciples where Jesus asked his father not only to keep them but protect them from this persecution that they were going to face, to keep them from evil. Now in this third petition, uh, we see Jesus asking his father to sanctify them. And the request that Jesus has here, the, the, the first part of this request of sanctification, of making the people holy, of, of setting them apart from the rest of the world, is to sanctify them using the truth. He says it very clearly, sanctify them by your truth. But notice, friends, that when Jesus says this, he clarifies exactly what he means. The disciples are to be sanctified by the word. He is not asking uh, his father to sanctify the disciples by by self-help books. He's not asking for these disciples to be set apart uh, through philosophy. He's not asking the disciples to be be sanctified and made holy by spiritual gurus or by other religious textbooks. As much as I love works of theology, he is not even asking us to be set apart and sanctified by uh, Burkhoff or or by Bavink or by some other major Reformed theologian. No, he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Linking the truth and the word of God so tightly as to make them one and the same. Truth with a capital T. Brothers and sisters, if you know the word of God, you will find that this is the case in our lives. It is, after all, only in God's word that we find the truth that saves, that changes our lives, That gives us the gift of new life in Christ. It is this word before us this evening, the word of God, that that works through the Holy Spirit to give us faith. We saw as much earlier on in this very same chapter, only a few brief verses before, in verse 7 and verse 8. Look with me there again. Jesus says, now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you, for I have given to them the words which you have given me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. My hope is, friends, that every one of you has experienced this for yourselves. That as you have read God's word, That it, through the work of the Holy Spirit, has engendered new life in you. That the Holy Spirit has regenerated you and has used his word to bring you uh, to the point where, where you are in Christ. But beyond this, And more important for our passage this evening, it is only in God's word that we find this truth that sanctifies us. 
It's only in God's word that we are sanctified, by God's word that we are convicted, by God's word that leads us to love God, to hate sin, God's word that brings us to repentance, God's word that makes us to actually put off sin and to put on Christ. And for this reason, Jesus prays to his Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Essentially saying, Lord, sanctify my people by the word. Hebrews 12 says this. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, a passage which I hope you all know well. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And notice, friends, how in that passage, Jesus, or, or, or Paul, rather, is speaking distinctly about sanctification. That God's word sanctifies us. Likewise, Jesus, only a few hours before, had told his, his disciples in John chapter 14, verse 26, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. It is by this word that God sanctifies us. Last week, friends, and, and this morning, we saw Christ's prayer that we would be protected from evil. And, and part of the reason that he prays that prayer, you may recall, is because Jesus knew that the time was coming when he would return to his Father and the people of God would be left for a time without his bodily presence. Jesus prayed that the people of God would be protected from evil. But he is not content to leave us there. Not content to simply protect us from evil. No, he wants that we continue to grow, to know the Lord, to continue to be built up in the faith. And he would have us not only buffered from evil, but growing in good for this reason, he prays to his Father, asking for our sanctification in the Word. For this reason, knowing that he would be leaving them behind to a certain extent, he prays that God would use this Word that he had given them to continue to build them up to the point that they become more and more children of God. They are already children of God but to grow in holiness. And this comes from his word. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, allow me to ask you this question. Do you want to be sanctified? Do you want to be sanctified? Do you desire it? 
It is the desire of every Christian that they be holy before God. It was Christ's fervent desire here in our passage, in his prayer, as he was preparing to go to the cross, foremost in his mind, or or at the very forefront of his mind, is this thought that the disciples, and by extension we ourselves, be a holy people. Do you see this need, friends? If so, then recognize by this passage, it is impossible to be sanctified without God's word. It is impossible to be sanctified without God's word. If you are not making the progress in sanctification that you should be seeing, perhaps it's because you are not using God's word as you ought. And you will often find this when somebody is backsliding, the very first thing that takes place is they no longer think through God's word as they should. But God's word becomes to them something dry or something that they do as a ritual but nothing more. Or perhaps they set aside God's word entirely. Without God's word, we cannot be sanctified. Many of you perhaps have memorized a portion of Ephesians 6. A passage that speaks to the whole armor of God, friends. And it speaks of the breastplate of righteousness, the the shoes of the gospel of peace, and, and so on and so forth. Boys and girls, do you remember it? Do you remember the one piece, not only of armor, but the one weapon that we are given? The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So friends, when it comes time uh, to have devotions tonight, tomorrow morning, this week, do not treat it like a light thing. Don't think of this simply as something that you do because you were raised to do it or as something you do because your parents make you do it. Spend time in it. Meditate on it. Think on it often. Uh, Read God's word carefully. Memorize it. Pray with the Bible in your hand. When you're going to sleep, think on God's word. When you are struggling with temptation, take God's word to support you in the fight and to defend and to attack against Satan. When you are not convicted of your sin, go to God's word because it is God who sanctifies his people through the word. On the other hand, friends, be encouraged. Jesus prays this prayer and therefore we can know God will sanctify his people. If you belong to him through Christ's intercessory prayers, friends, through this word, God will sanctify you. You will be sanctified. Jesus' prayer for you, both in our passage and in heaven, will not fail. As Philippians chapter 1 says, he who began a good work in you will carry it about into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So do not lose hope. 
Some of you have likely been struggling with, with sins, uh, with certain sins for a long time. And it can be easy uh, to say, well, how can I, can I put off this sin that is so entangling and that has been with me for so long? Well, friends, certainly you should hate your sin. But do not lose hope. Cling to God's word. Seek the Holy Spirit's help to fight against temptation. In the second place, this sanctification is something that is for the world. For the world. Look with me at verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. In this verse, Jesus gives a reason why the disciples must be sanctified. It's not the only reason why we are sanctified. We are sanctified for very many reasons. But this is the the reason that Jesus Christ seeks to dwell on in his prayer before he goes to the cross. Knowing, as we saw this morning, that the the people would be left in the world, Jesus speaks about this. That the disciples are about to be sent into the world just as Jesus was. They're about to be sent into a world that despises them. Jesus was sent into the world and the world did not recognize him. John 1 says that Jesus was in the world, but the world did not know him. That he came to his own and his own did not receive him. He himself was only a few hours away from his own death and the disciples were about to be sent out into to this world to preach the gospel to a hard-hearted people. So if we are to survive... If we are to continue on as followers of Christ while all the world rages and storms against us, we cannot do that unless God builds us up. Unless he makes us able to stand, to be sanctified against a world that hates us. Second, however, congregation that Jesus was was sending his people not only into a world that hates them, but he was sending them into a world that needs them. Jesus was sent out into a world that desperately needed him and still needs him. He was sent to preach the good news of salvation. He was sent to proclaim the coming of his kingdom, to command people to repent, to turn away from their sin. He pointed to himself as the only Savior. In the same way, friends, just as Jesus was sent into the world to preach the good news, so too the disciples, and by extension us, every one of us as Christians, we are sent into a world that desperately needs the gospel. Dying of thirst. A world that is blind, that is tripping over itself. A world that needs the good news of Jesus Christ. Millions upon millions dead in their sins. So many still blind, still lost, still in rebellion, still relying upon themselves. Who do not recognize the glory of God. And you, my dear friend, you, friend, you were sent out to this people 
to a people blind and lost, to a people that needs the good news of Jesus Christ. As Matthew 28 says, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, here, friends, and abroad. You are sent out to a, a world that hates you and that needs you, that hates the gospel and needs it. If you are not sanctified, if you are not set apart, if you are not different than the world, the world will use you as an excuse for the hatred they have of Jesus our Savior. They will point to you and to me and they will say, well, I would be a Christian, but these people, they're hypocrites. These people preach the gospel that changes hearts and lives, but I see no difference between them and me. We know that this is an excuse at the end of the day, but friends, seek out sanctification for the sake of those who are lost. Some will hate you because of sanctification. Some uh, will, will seek to destroy you, but then they will be without excuse on judgment day. Some perhaps, perhaps few, perhaps many, will see the difference between you and the world, and the Holy Spirit, by the word, will begin to work in their lives. Friends, recognize that it is in part by the witness of Christians in a dead world that we are brought to the Savior. I would be remiss, however, if I did not also mention that as, as we are aware that Christ was sent out to a world who hated him, these disciples and we ourselves are sent out to a world that hates us. We ought to recognize that our sanctification may very well end in the same place as Christ, upon a cross. An easy life, as we saw this morning, is not guaranteed. On the contrary, all who seek to live godly lives will suffer persecution. We go out into the world not for an easy life, but to glorify God and to preach his name. Seek out sanctification for the sake of the world, for the sake of the lost, for the sake of those whom, whom you know who are, are still blind, friends. Because God may use your lives for his glory and to preach his name. Finally, sanctification is something that happens through the Son. Through the Son. We could also put it as sanctification is something that happens through the work of the Son. Look at verse 19. For their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified in the truth. Brothers and sisters, if we are not careful, this verse may be somewhat confusing. I know that the first time I looked at this verse, I was very confused. What Jesus being sanctified, wasn't Jesus perfect? 
Yes, he is. We know that Jesus was perfect, that he never sinned. In fact, in this very chapter, Jesus said as much in verse 4. He said, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work that you have given me to, to do. There was nothing Jesus lacked in. No part of the law was left unfulfilled. Jesus Christ was perfectly pleasing to his Father. So how here in verse 19 can Jesus sanctify himself if he is already perfectly holy? The answer is to be found in the meaning of the word sanctify and what we mean when we speak of sanctifying. By this word we often mean to put off sin and to be more like Jesus. To become holy in the sense that we leave behind sin. But Jesus is not using it in this, this way here. He's not speaking uh, of holiness in the, the sense of, of leaving behind sin, but holiness in the sense of consecration. Being set apart. Being drawn aside. Just as in the Old Testament, they had certain vases and pitchers and, and implements in the temple that were only for the use of the temple, set aside for that use, so also Jesus Christ says, I set myself apart for the sakes of my people. I consecrate myself. This is what he was doing in the very moment that he gives his prayer. To set aside the past. To think and prepare himself for the coming of his death. This is exactly what we see Jesus doing during his ministry and especially in the final days of his life. Luke tells us that Jesus turned his face steadfastly to go to Jerusalem to die. Likewise, Isaiah says that, that Christ set his face like a flint. Far from running away from his coming death, Jesus more and more was set toward it, pointed towards it, waiting for it. And all of this consecration, this sanctifying himself, it was done, friends, for a very particular reason. In order that by the cross, we might be set apart. Sanctified in the sense that we are no longer a part of the world, but also saved by the blood of Jesus. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. In the same way, Hebrews 10, verse 10 says, We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. It is therefore only uh, by the sanctification, the setting apart, the consecration and the death of Jesus Christ that we ourselves can be sanctified. Your sanctification and my sanctification, friends, can only come through Christ's death. You cannot be set apart to God 
if you have not been washed by his blood. If you do not belong to Jesus Christ, if you are not now a member of his flock, you cannot be pleasing to God. You cannot be set apart to God when you are living in rebellion against him. There is nothing that can make you right with God. Nothing to make you acceptable before him. Nothing that can make you holy but the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. He is the only wellspring of life in a dry world. He is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. The law cannot do it. Your efforts cannot do it. Your charity cannot do it. So you, friend, if you are not in Jesus Christ, if you have not been washed by his blood and you are trying to sanctify yourself, you are trying to do that which is impossible. A paraplegic trying to run a marathon... Jesus Christ is the only source of sanctification. But if you are a Christian, friend, this this still holds true. Jesus is the only home of holiness. He is the only refuge for sinners. He is the only spring of sanctification. If you are seeking sanctification and and holiness under your own power, your own ability, you will fail. Until you find your hope, your strength in Jesus Christ, the righteous one, the king of kings, the way, the truth, and the life, you will go nowhere with your sanctification. Notice too, friends, Your sanctification, it it, it does not only come from Christ and through Christ, but only through the pattern of Christ's death. Just as Jesus Christ set himself apart, so also we must be set apart from the world, in but not of the world. Just as Christ was put to death, our sanctification requires that we be put to death upon the cross, both objectively by the work of the Savior in saving us, in justifying us, but also in a continual sense. And that means, friends, that as Jesus says here, I sanctify myself that they might be sanctified. So too, friends, if there is sin in your life that you are struggling with now, do not think that you can go about your life uh, without putting to death yourself, your own desires, your own glory. Do not think that being a part of the world, you can still leave behind sin. No. If you belong to Jesus Christ, then it is by being set apart from the world. It is by uh, putting to death that sin which is in you in the cross. And so, friends, by... This word of God, for the sake of the world, for God's glory, look to Jesus Christ. 
because it is only in him that we are sanctified. Do you know him? Do you belong to him? It is only by him that we find sanctification. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, our friend, we come before you this evening and we pray that you would bless this word. Work it in our hearts to eagerly yearn for sanctification by your word, to yearn to, to glorify you, and to look only to Christ our Savior. And Lord, if there are any among us now who do not know you, who are now uh, seeking sanctification on their own terms, we pray that, that they would see and that they would know that only through Jesus Christ is any hope to be found for holiness. That he is the refuge for sinners. In Jesus Christ, amen.